and welcome to Technicast. I'm Morag and I'm hosting today's episode. We've got something a bit different this week as we're starting to ramp up to the winter break. We've had some lovely new members of the Technicast team this year and we wanted to do a special episode to introduce them to you. So this episode we're answering some questions about ourselves and our research. We're also going to discuss our favourite episodes of this year so it's a bit of a Technicast wrapped as well. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Isabel and I'm in my second year of my sociology PhD at Brunel University. My research in three words is class, media, housework. Hey, I'm Olivia and I'm doing a history PhD at Royal Holloway. If I had to sum up my research in three words, it would probably be violence, LGBT and archives. My name is Chiara Muzzi. I am a PhD researcher at the Institute for Media and Creative Industries at Loughborough University, London. Three words for my research, audio, women, environment. Hello, my name is Felix. I'm at the University of Surrey and my research in three words is football identity translation. Hi, my name is Prakya and I'm the newest team member at Technicast. I'm a first-year PhD student in History of Design at the University of Brighton. If I have to sum up my research in three words, it would be Indian handwriting, domesticity and colonial history. Hi, my name is Ava and I'm a new member of Technicast. I am a PhD student at Kingston University in the Department of Music. Three words to describe my research would be feminist theory, posthumanism, and popular music. My name's Morag. I'm studying at the University of Brighton. And if I had to summarize my research in three words, it would be objects, colonialism, and violence. My cultural highlight of 2023 and I'm going to be unashamedly basic about this, is Greta Gerwig's Barbie. I just think the world needed joy and Greta brought it in buckets covered in glitter. And I remember feeling when I came out of the cinema that it was so refreshing to watch a film that made me feel kind of just uncomplicatedly happy and uplifted. My cultural highlight of 2023 is maybe a slightly silly one and not academic really in any way. But the other week I binge watched this Australian black comedy detective series called Deadlock. Um, it's on Amazon Prime and I loved it so much. <laughs> it's a kind of well-crafted whodunit set in a small Tasmanian town that's being sort of gentrified by lesbians. And in my opinion, you can't really go wrong with that kind of premise. Being awarded uh, the Techni funding to carry out my PhD research is definitely the cultural highlight for 2023 for me. My cultural highlight of 2023 is pretty predictable. It was sitting in the pub with our former co-host Edwin and a couple of our friends here at the university uh, watching the Women's World Cup. Uh, It was a very exciting tournament. There were lots of upsets, really good football. Uh, Obviously, England made it to the final, which which was fantastic. And it was really cool to see some of the people around us uh, in the pub who were clearly engaging with football or getting excited about football for the first time and to hear some of those conversations. So that was, that was really nice. 
My cultural highlight of 2023 was experiencing the weaving villages in the interiors of the Bengal region in East India, which I visited as part of my fieldwork. I have traveled to rural India before, but it was different each time, more so because it was a concentrated cluster of handlooms. So we ended up visiting nearly seven to nine different small villages, recording stories, experiencing the local food, and the best part was being able to sit on a traditional pit loom and learn to weave from a woman weaver. I think that was one of the most memorable events from this travel. My cultural highlight of 2023 would have to be this exhibition that I went to in, in the Netherlands, in Leiden. It was called Kemet, and it is about the influence of ancient Egypt on popular music, contemporary popular music. So how artists nowadays, and mainly artists in hip hop and soul, jazz and R&B, are inspired by ancient Egypt and where that fascination comes from. It was really fascinating and really eye-opening for me. And I'm hoping that I can maybe also use it in my own research. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Oh, okay. So my cultural highlight of 2023. This year I went on my fieldwork trip to America and Canada, which I simply will not stop showing off about. Um, and the best cultural thing I saw there was the Northwest Coast Hall at the Natural History Museum in New York. It was amazing because it was all these objects that I'd studied and read about for my project, because most of the stuff there was collected under quite violent and colonial circumstances. But also the museum have made a real effort to decolonize and the gallery was filled with the voices of the communities these objects came from both past and present it was a really amazing experience and i would really recommend a visit my favorite technicast episode of 2023 has to be olivia's interview with al megs who's a creative writing student at brighton i honestly could have listened to him talking about his experiences of being a cabaret performer in the 80s and 90s all day and I really hope we get him back for a follow-up interview later down the line to hear how his thesis and his autoethnographic novel are coming along. Thank you to Al again for that episode. It was amazing. And to Olivia for being a great interviewer. My favourite Technicast episode of 2023 was probably Vivica's episode on Indigo Dying that her and Izzy produced together. It was really fun to hear about something that never really crossed my mind before and I'd never really thought about. And I also just found it really soothing to listen to. Favourite Technicast episode has been um, on the theme senses, The Sound of Environmental Change by Samuel Hertz. We have had some belters on the Technicast this year. And I'd first like to thank everyone that's contributed. Um, the times that I've been involved in episodes, uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, that's a testament to our great contributors. But to pick one which really resonated with me, I'd like to say a few words about Rosie Knowles' episode uh, relating to her research into therapeutic landscapes, where she spent time in the community in Port Albert, which was a traditional steel town in Wales. And Rosie does a brilliant job of really uh, painting a, a, an incredible picture of the emotions and the sense of community that the place has about the people's relationships with the land, about how they deal with changes in society. 
the clarity and deftness which she does that with is is really incredible and the kind of sense of truth in place and people that she presents is is amazing and I really enjoyed listening to that because I I felt like I was there which was great and it's one of those where the social impact of the research is is really clear anything that engages thinking on local communities I think is um, really valuable it also struck a chord with me because uh, a short time before that I had uh, listened to an album called Every Valley by a band called Public Service Broadcasting who use public archive audio uh, in their recordings. And this album uses uh, recordings relating to the coal industry. So a lot of the themes of relationships with place and communities and changes in society were fresh in my mind and and something that I really uh, engaged with this year. And while often, unfortunately, very depressing, found really interesting and really important and that is something I would encourage you to go and have a listen to if you so fancy. They're they're a great band. Um, but yeah, thank you, Rosie. My favorite Technicast episode was "The Power of Poetic Spaces" by Gareth Hughes, as part of the Narratives of Nation series. Poetry has always interested me, and the episode was full of innovation in poetry, talking about the enabling power of poetry to make sense of the world around us especially when it can seem to be uncertain and fragile. What struck me was when Gareth spoke about the French poet Michel Matai and one of her works where she wrote a line for every kilometre of the river Danube, which is 2,888 kilometres in total, which was fascinating to hear. My favourite Technicast episode of 2023 would have to be Felix's episode on football particularly because it was so fascinating for me to see how something like football could be analyzed through a more academic lens. As I come from a football family, so I have a lot of experience with football growing up, but I'd never really thought of it in those ways. And it was really interesting and fascinating to see why football is a topic that deserves to be discussed in academia as well. So I really enjoyed that. I think my favourite Technicast of the year would have to be Izzy's episode on media narratives of domestic labour. Izzy's a really great friend and colleague, and I think her research about the politics of work and care is so pressing. I think listening to it as a woman, even though it's not at all my field, there was so much I immediately recognised and related to. So really well done, Izzy and Olivia. My favourite read of 2023 was probably Animal by Lisa Tadeo. Uh, it's a novel that came out in 2021, I think, and Lisa Tadeo also writes Three Women, which is another excellent book. Um, Animal was one of those where, as I was reading it, I kind of felt overwhelmed by it, and I wasn't sure if I was enjoying it at the time or if I was just sort of being slapped in the face by like really good literature. But since I finished it, I find that I think about it quite a lot. So it's one of those that really stays with you. Um, Yeah, I'd really recommend it. 
The best thing I've read in 2023 has to be a book called Information Activism, A Queer History of Lesbian Media Technologies by a really great academic called Kate McKinney. It's all about how queer social movements, specifically lesbian feminist movements, use digital technologies to share information and then how these digital technologies are rooted in older media technologies as well. The best book I read in 2023 has been Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simard. So, obviously, the best book that I read this year was a book about the history of football tactics. Uh, But if we want something a little more culturally mainstream, I would say my favourite was Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey, which is a sci-fi book depicting a solar system where uh, Earth has colonised Mars, and there are also people living in the asteroid belt, and the kind of political machinations uh, between the sort of three um, spheres of influence is uh, really interestingly done, and and I felt very immersed in the uh, in the universe. So that is probably my number one. My best read of twenty twenty three will have to be Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. The book is one of the writings that are simple yet offer the reader a cathartic experience of the reality itself and the fact that it is a tiny book, only 130 pages in total, but it is a very intense read and it is based on a real narrative which makes it revelatory in a sense and so I urge everyone to read it. The best thing I read in 2023 would have to be um, this book by Ocean Vong called On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. And it is a semi-autobiographical book, I believe, about his experiences growing up uh, in the US as a child of Korean immigrants and about the relationship that he has with his mother. It's really beautifully written. It's very poetic and it made me cry a lot. The best thing I read in 2023 would absolutely have to be Kills of the Flower Moon. For me, it's just absolutely perfect literary nonfiction. Part of what I love about history is reaching across time and finding a way to relate to people of the past. And this book does that so well. It makes it so easy to understand and relate to the people involved. Scorsese's film adaptation of the book came out this year, and I think it's a pretty good film, but honestly, it really doesn't do justice to the book. So I would really recommend anyone to go and read it. Um, to get a different perspective on that story. Uh, When the world is crazy, I want to be at home. And I feel especially lucky at the moment to have a home where I'm safe and I feel supported. I don't take that for granted. So in terms of escape, given that I generally don't want to go anywhere, I tend to seek mental escape more than anything else. Um, And for me, that looks like dropping everything to spend the day watching Grey's Anatomy with my cat, Sir Rod Stewart. And maybe my fiancé can be there as well. He can be making me a cup of tea and like pretending he's not bored out of his mind or something. When the world is crazy, I tend to escape to the Barbican. It's undoubtedly one of my favourite places in London. The inside feels a bit like a kind of crazy cave to me, and I find it just a really calming place to study and do work. The lakeside and the high walks there as well are also really good if you just want to get outside for a bit of a break from things. Places I tend to escape to. There are probably two. One is my imagination, so... 
that might mean diving into some movie or some book and the other one is a um, physical in terms of uh, nature so anywhere where there is some water or there are trees around me escaping is definitely one of the things i'd like to do a bit more of next year uh, i've moved around a lot in recent years and so there's not kind of one particular space um but there's kind of two sides to it for me there's there's a social side which is a pub quiz i go to fairly regularly um at a pub that my friend runs where we can just sort of be silly and and not talk about the news uh, and then the other side is really a particular playlist that doesn't sort of matter where I walk. I tend to like to walk up hills and get views of the surrounding countryside. That's the sort of thing um, which kind of gives me the the space to breathe, I guess. Um, and we have a lot of that um, with the Surrey Hills. There's there's one big hill um, called The Mound, which is um, fairly close to Guildford Cathedral, which I like walking up. Um, but it kind of goes hand in hand with that particular kind of calm playlist that I've um, put together um, over time um, and that is probably when I can most try and switch off uh, the hamster wheel or failing that Berlin. When the world becomes crazy I escape to the mundane movements and calmness of hand knitting. When nothing makes sense to me I return to the craft to make sense of what's happening around me and it always helps putting my thoughts to rest. When the world is crazy and I need an escape, I go to my aunt and uncle's house. They live in Amsterdam and they have a very nice house with a beautiful bookcase. And I'm a bit obsessed with the bookcase and I want to read every single book um, that's in there. And they also have a really lovely bathtub with lots of bath salts and it's just a very nice place to go to relax and take a bath and read a nice book and yeah that makes the world seem a little less crazy for me. When the world is crazy my favourite place to escape to is Hampstead Heath. I know everybody loves the Heath so this isn't exactly a hot take but it's such an amazing resource for Londoners and I'm hoping this year I'll be brave enough to go in the ponds while there's still a bit of a chill in the air. My New Year's resolution is to read more novels. I always feel frazzled after reading academic texts all day, so instead of reading in the evenings, I tend to just spend hours on TikTok. So 2024 is the year that will stop, I've decided. In terms of New Year's resolutions for 2024, I think my big one research-wise is probably just to write more not just formal writing, although I do need to do that as well, um but also journaling, writing to reflect on the research process is something I really want to get into the habit of doing more in the new year. And in terms of new year resolutions, I would say one day at a time, dive into my research subject. Yet remember that this is an embodied experience and that while the mind expands, I also need to check in with my body and to maintain some level of sanity through human interactions with friends. So dive, yes. Drown, no. So I don't often have a structured list of goals uh, every year. That's not usually something that I do, but there is some kind of big picture stuff around working out future research and then 
smaller stuff of a few things I'd like to try for next year that I do have in my mind. Uh, perhaps the one that I would say is kind of the most exciting is that I would like to try some CAFs. I found an Instagram account called CAFs, not CAFES, which I highly recommend, uh, where a writer documents traditional London CAFs that he visits, uh, which often have you know great great amounts of history um, and are really key parts of the local community. And, and I think a bit like sort of traditional pubs, CAFs are very important and uh, should be, you know, protected and celebrated. And so what I'd like to do is um, hop on the train and um, go and visit a few of those uh, next year. My research resolution for 2024 is to write regularly and write for a non-academic audience. I also want to indulge in more free writing. As a research student, you do end up reading a lot of literature already, but for the next year, I need to constantly remind myself to read more fiction. Otherwise, as a personal resolution for 2024, I want to focus on learning a new language. Some New Year's resolutions that I have for 2024. With regards to research, it would be to speak at some conferences, hopefully, and maybe try and get a publication that might be a bit ambitious, but maybe working towards one would be great. And outside of that, I want to try and do things outside of my research that make me really happy and feel fulfilled, like trying out new recipes, because I love to cook, and trying to read lots of nice books that are not at all related to my research. I'm also hoping to go to some more exhibitions, because I always say I will, and then never do. So yeah, those would be some of my resolutions. My New Year's resolution for my research this year is to ignore the siren call of my sofa and go into a library because I know for a fact I work better there and I need to pull my socks up this year. Merry Christmas, everyone. And as they say in Germany, good slide into the new year. Thank you for listening to our final Technicast of the Year. If you would like to come on the podcast and talk about your research in the new year, please do get in touch. The links to our Instagram and our email address will be in the description. On behalf of the Technicast team, we wish you a restful winter break and a wonderful start to the new year. Take care.